to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, listener, to the Big Red Couch. Tonight on the couch, we have in sunny, not sunny, is there a sun in Venice? I'm Craig, and I'm not sure. The sun is forgotten. It has passed from memory. The sun has forgotten. It is passed from memory. It should be pointed out that in Inverness at the current point, sunset, you know, to the extent that you're thinking, oh, it's a bit dark, is it 4pm? I'm not sure when sunrise is, but I suspect 8am. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a bit odd for somebody from New Zealand who isn't used to the sunset being quite that early. We're getting about twice as much daylight in New Zealand at the moment. And in any case, the, the, it is definitely not sunny at the moment because it's like 11.30pm. So that's me. I'm in Inverness. And in sunny Auckland... We've got Ben here in sunny Auckland, where it is only brutally humid. And this is a tricky question for us. This is the last day here of the Year of Our Lord 2016. May it rot in hell. It is the second to last day here of 2016 the end is in sight and if it touches betty white i'm a cut it <laughs> the penultimate day is in sight for you i suspect give it 29 minutes and it will be right but our loyal listeners will hear it in the new year so happy new year we hope we're not already stacking up the celebrities like cordwood because it's been a bit rough yeah it has been even more like a season of game of thrones than the last season of game of thrones yes i have seen the i'm sorry when did george R. R. martin get made god <laughs> equally i have seen what i'm fervently hoping is a time magazine uh, fake cover of times person of the year death i did see that as well i thought mm, that's a fake but somehow plausible yes so to kick off the big red couch new year in grand style we have on genre a perplexing notion for us to come up with game ideas for captain plantagenet and the plantagenet ears this was a fun one to research, predominantly because I knew next to nothing about the Plantagenets. Well, you probably knew something about them, but, you know, collectively as a mob, I certainly found that I was going, ah, right, is this bunch. Right. <laughs> yeah, oh, those guys. Oh, them too? Oh, that thing. Yeah. Oh, they did that? Ugh. Oh, Lord. Oh, my. Speaking of Game of Thrones. So, actually, I should ask, has Game of Thrones started? Has there been another season since I've been travelling? Oh god, how long have you been away? <laughs> Probably, yes. About the middle of the year? Uh, no. If it hadn't started, you were uh, you're probably good. You may have missed the last one. Okay, I think I'm up to date. Yes. Did shit just get real? In the Game of Thrones or in life in general? Well, no, in li life in general, that, that is, well, hopefully it is perpetually real, but in the final episode. A little bit, the phrase... They are here, my lord. Yes, yes. I think you're probably up to date. Gotcha. Okay, that's good. Well, I've got an idea for this one. The good people of the internet, in the form of people on the Big Red Couch thread on the Fear the Boot forums, have had some ideas. Mm -hmm. Gulo T, sadly, was not able to make the recording, but had kind of the genesis of an idea that could maybe be kicked around. Okay. I'm not sure that I've got one for this one. It's all a bit confusing. Yep, history's like that. Let's see. Let's catch up with your meanderings. All right, well, let's see. I think 
Last recording, I was in Wood Green in London. I'm now in Inverness in Scotland, staying at a guest house that, should we say, is aimed at the cheaper end of the market. Mm-hmm. But weirdly, it's worked out okay, because, well, the place doesn't have full-time staff manning it or anything. There was a student who was staying here who was kind of taking care of the admin in return for accommodation. Mm -hmm. They headed off home for Christmas and New Year to their family's place, at which point the owner of the place offered Gulo tea and myself the option of, hey, do you want to use the staff kitchen and area in return for doing the admin stuff? Okay. So effectively... I've been spending the last little while learning a little bit of this is how you run a hostel. That's cool. Gulo T already knew a bunch of this, so it came as not much of a surprise to to them. But me, it, it was a learning curve. It was kind of interesting. New skills. A little bit. Over the course of traveling, I had on occasion looked at the hostel thing and thought, would I enjoy working in a hostel? Maybe. At the very least now, I can say, hey, I've already done bits of it. Indeed. That's probably the most unusual thing with the setup here. Welcoming people into the hostel, saying, hey, here's these things, here's where the stuff is. Oh, and by the way, we're not the staff. Not the best of both worlds, but yes, you get to say, hey, that's broken. That's fabulous. Go and talk to someone who cares. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Oh, you're cold? Yeah, so are we. Oh, no, won't turn the heat up, we asked. Want an extra duvet? Here you go. Best we can do. Nice. The owner did give us a heater, and there was no way we were relinquishing that. Fair enough. That was yours by right of conquest, or something. And speaking of right of conquest, shall we talk about Captain Plantagenet and the Plantagenet years? Let's do that. See what I did there? Indeed, indeed. Set that one up for you nicely. Do you want to lead off, or shall we get Kitamono's pitch first? I could lead off, since this one, my idea kind of links into the whole hostel thing anyway, in a roundabout way, so I may as well continue the thread. Mm, that's good. Basically, I looked at the phrase Captain Plantagenet and the Plantagenet years, and after mulling it over for a bit, I thought it actually sounded a little bit disparaging. That somebody saying, oh look, here's Captain Plantagenet and the Plantagenet years. Like, Captain Obvious as an appellation. Indeed, yeah. And this kind of meshed into something that I had been kicking around with Kev and Tonya at an earlier point when I realized that the way people talked about the previous hostel that I'd been staying at, a place called the Barmy Badger, people just referred to it as the Badger, which made it to me sound like one of those very strange private clubs. Okay. Are we talking about a gentleman's club here or a gentleman's club? Not a gentleman's club in the avoid the buffet if you find a hair in the food you have no idea where it came from since. More a gentleman's club in the we're retiring to the drawing room for port and cigars. Right. And <laughs> the plumbing recipe has been on Antiques Roadshow kind of territory, that sort of club. It's worth checking. And this sort of led into the RPG, the Kerberos Club, which is Victorian... I'm not honestly sure whether it counts as a supers game or just a very strange, a stranger's game more than anything else. Yeah, it does have commonalities with superhero genre, but it's the far side of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, even. True. Yeah. What happens to the Kerberos Club in the modern day when the notion of royal patronage of societies has kind of fallen out of favour? Presumably the timeline didn't advance all the way through as it did in the game book of Queen Victoria ascending and all that sort of thing. But if the club itself had continued and had 
fallen not so much into disrepair, but just into the money really isn't there anymore. And it's being run as somewhat more of a lodging house and a backpackers for the very strange. Yeah, maybe the strange has left the world. Maybe Vicky took it with her or something like that. A lot of the strange has left the world, but there's still little bits of it around. They still kind of have a job to do. If you look really closely in the lobby, you'll find that there's the various royal warrants from monarchs before Victoria. And there's Victoria's royal warrant. But there's also some from the monarchs afterwards. They're not prominently on display, but they are there in this weird little backpackers. So with that as a base, I then started thinking about the house guard of various royal houses. And what happens if you had house guard from the, the various Plantagenet groupings, for want of a better word, because you've got, you've got a bunch of them. You've got the various families that kind of made up the Plantagenet dynasty that eventually folded together into the Tudors, etc., etc. If you had kind of a house guard that had been set up to deal with or to strange supernatural stuff, and the Plantagenets go away, but that guard tradition stayed around. And so fast forward to... Either the Kerberos Club era, or possibly the modern day, if you wanted to go with the Kerberos Club as very strange backpackers approach. And you've got this group of people who are the descendants of and proud carriers of the tradition of the Plantagenet House Guard, who were assigned or warranted 800 years ago to protect the realm from supernatural and just plain weird forces. And goddammit, they're still gonna do it. I suddenly get a picture of this tradition that's been carried forward, but I kind of like the idea that there was never the pressing need, or they never quite got the respect or like the attention you know they might have otherwise flourished with. So it's kind of travelled through the mid-20th century being kind of a flop house and things being really down at heel. They've got the building, they've got the land, they've got these, these ancestral sort of titles, but it, the thing has wound down to a degree. The world has literally moved on. Until suddenly, for some reason, they're needed. And after all this time, after all of this patience, they've been called on for the moment of glory to save the motherland. Possibly they could have done with a little bit more preparation. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, question. Do you think that it would be a bit like there was the Three Musketeers movie where the Queen's Guard are kind of scattered across the countryside but they still kept all their bits do you think it's the case where people get the notice to come back to plantagenet hall that was once this fine hall and is now being used as a stable somewhere i would actually because you know these people are they, they clearly had just stashed their their rapiers and and fancy cloaks and a, and a barrel and are ready to go at a moment's notice i'm thinking more of dad's army Oh, they were here to defend the shores. They're ready. They're willing, but they never actually expected the balloon to go up. It was never anticipated that they would be needed to be the front line. So it's a sacred oath that got passed down from generation to generation by people who were probably never related to any Plantagenet in the first place. And so even after that line entirely died out, this tradition got passed down getting increasingly dad's army as it went until the present day when suddenly something occurs and you've got a bunch of people saying oh crap i got told about this yes like a royally appointed mystery men nice the idea that this faintly sad certainly the captain plantagenet i think would be you know one of those small gray men that england has cornered the world market on it seems 
possibly has an allotment. It's very fond of military history. Talk anyone's ear off about it. And has this brilliant burning secret that has been his core of, of his life. Suddenly, he is the man of the hour. And he has to gather together disaffected inner-city youth, terrible latte-drinking hipsters, to to summon these people together. Almost like one of the Doctor Who spin-offs, like like the Sarah Jane Adventures or something. Cross between, like, Doctor Who and Misfits, with the super-powered Asbo recipients. I think we might have to explain that. Anti-social behaviour order? Yeah, yeah. Basically, yobbos. Actually, that would be... Sorry, I'm really hijacking your idea. That's okay. You're taking it in a very different direction to what I came up with. I yeah. like the direction. It's kind of blending together all sorts of odd bits of, of English culture. It's literally lining up Hancock with the Misfits, pushing together these two kinds of humour that have come out of England over decades, and then just having them have to... F- fused together to become a an effective fighting force and to defend the motherland and, you know, the carry of the day. But yeah, this is all comes from the idea that, you know, Captain Plantagenet and Plantagenet ideas implicitly means they're a bit shit. Yep. Yeah, I like that idea. The vibe I was going for was rather more these are the somewhat downtrodden stalwarts of the remnants of Her Majesty's supernatural intercessionary force that these are the guys who don't actually have any superpowers they never did so it's basically normal people in the kerberos club i'm not sure whether that would appeal to too many people from a player point of view i'd wonder what their function would be that just be my mm, that is the bit that needs i grant you some work i quite like the idea of the faded glory kind of thing the idea that the the strange was part of the world and the club was an established thing but the mechanisms by which this functioned just left took off out of space or something and things weren't quite the same and have just slowly ground down over a period of time so that rather than being like almost completely forgotten it's established there's a big stately club rooms and so forth that exist they just haven't been upkept to the degree that they might have otherwise yeah actually i think if i was going to go with a vibe for my idea i'd start with the boys but turn it down a couple of notches well you've got some leeway there so fair enough yeah your one dad's army plus misfits versus the terror from beyond that I also like. Yeah, the, the idea of the incomprehending, you know, dreadful stereotypes of modern-day England, your chabby youths and all sorts of terrible things like that suddenly discover like they have this storied lineage and they have to go and fight for queen and country, which they may not entirely believe in. could be really interesting. It could be quite fun. Well, it would certainly be fun for an outsider playing with some of the stereotypes and so forth that England reflects to the outside world. That is true, and I'm desperately trying to remember, because certainly Scotland was not a part of the Empire at the time of the Plantagenets. I think enthusiastically so, or at least grudgingly part of it. I don't remember when the whole period of history that Braveheart was set around took place. It was, wasn't, I think it might have been slightly before. Hard to tell. Uh, actually, not hard to tell. So you could bring in those things as well. It also then allows you to have Captain Plantagenet being a somewhat corruption of Captain of the Plantagenet's Guard, mm. which has a nice nice little twist to it, I think. Cool. But your one definitely plays pretty well straight out of the box. Mine needs some tweaking. 
Yeah. It depends on the, on the approach that you want to take, what the game explores. I mean, my one's specifically called Home In On. Reasonably straightforward superhero shenanigans, except the participants, rather than being upstanding moral compass types, are, you know, basically kids, and they'll be from a far more diverse selections of modern English society than they would have been, say, in the 50s, if you ro- rolled that idea back to that sort of period of time. Mm. and basically the conflicts and, and differences and approaches and so forth that happen there. So it was more about how the players interact and so forth. The rest of it, I reckon, would be punching bad guys of various suasions. True. My one is more the, you know, if you want to explore, this is what it looks like when the magic mostly goes away, and what you're left with is just the remnants. Hmm. Now that's interesting as well. Very different vibe, but yes. So what does the book say about this, Gerald? Is it... Well, apparently, normally, that what we do in this case is enact the ritual of Fatath and drop a star on it. So that doesn't work now. <laughs> no, it turns out we need three mages. Ah, when was the last time we had three mages? Uh, I believe Victoria was on the throne. I'm beginning to see a problem. Yes, and one of them killed the other two. <laughs> ah, do we know where that one is? Yes, it turns out previous members of the Plantagenet Guard killed him, and he's currently buried in the wine cellar. <laughs> oh. Yes, they were always more trouble than they were worth. <laughs> okay, what are the other options? Well, we could assemble a fighting force out of the fine people of the club. Do we have any of those left? Eh, not really. <laughs> There's the guy who can see through drywall. That would be uh, creative problem solving. It would almost be laundry-like, with a different sort of mm. emphasis. Rather than bureaucracy, it would be, this is the proper way to do things. Of course, the proper way to do things is it doesn't take into account all of the current realities, so we're going to have to go with the improper way of doing it. Indeed. I did attempt to work up an idea based on HMS Plantagenet. Okay. The former British warship, but I couldn't really come up with anything. You could do some sort of wacky time travel hijinks, maybe, but it was effectively the oddity that HMS Plantagenet, which I think was launched in 1801, did have torpedoes fired at it during the War of 1812, Okay, somewhere around Virginia, and that appears to have been the most interesting thing that ever happened to that boat. Historically speaking, I'm sure other things happened. But... Yeah, historically speaking, not a lot actually went on of any great interest with the HMS Plantagenet, it turns out. So there you go. Couldn't really come up with anything, but I uh, was just imagining, again, taking Captain Plantagenet and somebody misunderstood Captain of the HMS Plantagenet. Ah. Hmm. But I couldn't really work anything up from there that seemed worth the effort, to be honest. And you could potentially have some fun with a history version of the standard modern ship gets sent back in time. Nothing really leaped out. If, if I think of anything after the show, well, put it in the show notes. <laughs> Just in the random thing, a nautical engineer gets sent back in time to stop the Queen Mary from sinking or something. It was about the right time period. It was the Queen Mary, the, the small nautical embarrassment with the, we make this huge ship, it's massive, it's got all the guns. Wait a minute, waves are a thing. <laughs> the ocean isn't perfectly flat, ah, poo. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. All right, shall I read... I'll read Kid of My Nose, since I don't have a brilliant idea of my own. In regards to the previous episode, some memorable puns in this one. He's not wrong. Yeah, and I would kill to play a game of Indiana Jones and Santa's Workshop. I will say that in the old Terror Watch newsletter Bruce Schaefer produced in the 90s, we had a Bureau 13 adventure where the B-13 agents tried to find Christmas land before the minions of the Brotherhood of Darkness, TM. Let's say that, much like Santa Claus conquers the Martians, 
old Saint Nick is never in true danger. He's a demigod, after all. Yes, and as he notes, one of his brain aneurysms was picked as the notion for this week. I would point out that the Christmas episode of the Men in Black cartoon is one of my personal favourites, because it includes the revelation that Santa Claus actually lives in Manhattan, because according to one of the elves, and I quote, his jolliness prefers four seasons. <laughs> nice. Kimono's notion for Captain Plantagenet and his Plantagenet is... It's 1496, and the House of Plantagenet is in disarray. Richard III is dead, and the usurper, Henry VII, now sits on the throne with a traitor Elizabeth of York. While the nobles of Lancaster and York vie physicians at court, their disaffected children can now look forward to a more low-born life. That is, until the Lady of the Lake calls together five most worthy of these children. Elizabeth Wells, Thomas Howard, Anne of York, Bridget of York, and Richard of Shrewsbury. To each of these youngsters, she granted one of the five powers of England. Elizabeth was given the power of mercy, Thomas the power of might, Anne the power of nobility, Bridget the power of wisdom, and Richard the power of absolute monarchy. It's like a civilization upgrade or something. A little bit. <laughs> when they combine these powers, they summon the resurrected spirit of Richard III as Captain Plantagenet. Together they fight the forces of Tudor to place a Plantagenet, hopefully one of them, back on the throne of England. He would use icons, the rule set, and each of the PCs get powers to reflect their power of England. For example, Elizabeth has powers of healing and assistance. Richard has mind control powers, naturally. Captain Plantagenet would be controlled by all the players as they see fit. He would have more stereotypical powers, like power blasts and flight. The forces of Tudor. Hmm. T-U-D-O-R. Now, that's for someone else. The forces of Tudor delve back into the black arts and call up the minions of hell to fight for them. So that would definitely be a four-color adventure. I like it. It bonds the two ideas directly together. Knowing only tangential stuff about Captain Planet and Tudors, I was kind of like going, yes, this sounds like the obvious place the pitch to go, but I don't have the resources to conjure up anything more than it'd be like those things. I'm just imagining mercy, might, nobility, wisdom, absolute monarchy. Yeah. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> Well, poor Marty and Hart, which was apparently mind control, which is actually fucking scary, but then it's actually kind of appropriate. Also, the idea that you would suddenly have the slightly stunted Richard III appear clad in probably gold, I guess, with a flowing cloak. Flying through the skies, zapping people. By your nobility combined! <laughs> that would be interesting. You could not do... Well, I'll take that back. I could not play this, or run this, or possibly listen to a actual play of this without it making it a comedy. Just going to put that out there. It probably should start there, lest it topple into the ditch of comedy. You may as well place it gently on the bottom of the ditch of comedy, rather than have it fall in partway through. Yes, indeed. I'm just going to check something with Gulo T, who may know this. Richard III... The kids in the tower? That one? Okay, I'm getting the nod. They found him under a car park. The car park didn't start there, to be honest, but... To be fair, they should have known that he was there, because he was right in an area where they needed cars to slow down, so it was even labelled Hump. Was it the tall man had the musical, I've got a hunch, I'm gonna be king? <laughs> Richard III, the musical. It was. I believe the tall man was maximum Goldblum. It was all the Goldblum that it was possible to get. 
I'm just trying to think of a comedic way. Oh, God, I just thought of it. Oh, that's dreadful. It depends on how comedic you want to go. But you've got the resurrected spirit of Richard III crashing around as Captain Plantagenet with the attached resurrected spirits of the two boys in the tower essentially doing the Stadler and Waldorf routine from The Muppet Show, just commenting on everything. That'd be dark. <laughs> I was just trying to think of what's the least dark thing I could come up with, and that was the least dark thing I could come up with that still has them involved. Either that or they are what gets brought up by the black arts, because, yes, if you wanted to go with a certain degree of moral quandary, there's a good place to start. You know, who's leading it? it? appears to be two small children. Ah, uh, fuck. And Zercher came up with an excellent uh, backronym for Tudor. True unbound dragons of the old rose. They don't see themselves as hellish minions. They swear no allegiance to the Queen and also seek to restore their house to the throne. At which point, after a response of, run with it, he continues with, what's to run with? It's just the old red Welsh dragons of House Tudor released from their centuries-old sleep. They had no beef with the House of Windsor, and the House of Stuart, their hated enemy, died off in 1807. But now that the Plantagenet has arisen, so must the old bones rise to put them in their place. I suspect he is entirely correct when he puts in, imagining Craig saying, wherein John and Todd proceed to bastardise British history for their own personal enjoyment. I think there's nothing wrong with that. One of my favourite anime, Helsing, has this batshit version of Protestant versus Catholic conflicts in England being played out over the centuries with vampires and all sorts of crazy shit. And it makes no sense, but it's vastly entertaining. It's gone so far beyond theologically indefensible that it's not even within eyeshot anymore. Yes. I am quite taken with Captain Plantagenet and the Plantageneteers. If the threat emerged centuries later, you could also resurrect a real rogues gallery of comically named and themed villains, as with Captain Planet, with the various um, Duke Nukem and, and, and various other characters. I don't, I don't know the full setup, but they all had really silly names and were, don't litter, kids. These guys are all about littering. It's like, what? <laughs> Don't do what Donny Don't does. They could have made this clearer. <laughs> Licks will be put into the particular section of the thread because Taz and Ketamono bounce back and forth some ideas that are frankly worth reading in their entirety rather than having us recite them to you. Indeed. Read the thread if you're a forum person. Follow the links to Taz's The Trouble with Rose, or in this case, The Trouble with Tudor. <laughs> And see what you think. Always makes me think of the Blackadder episode with the top ten hits of the early English Renaissance. As your love is a prick on a tu on my Tudor rose, <laughs> things like that. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty odd show, but everyone should watch Blackadder. That is true. I have been handed, electronically speaking, a note with the expression of "I'm helping," which reads, sh "Should it be sung?" How do you solve a problem like the Tudors? <laughs> Blame Gulo T. I'm completely innocent in this one, despite the fact that there's a note saying you started it, which I'm going to assure you, listeners, is lies. It's a blatant lies. Indeed. So, of course, if anybody can think of any other songs from a Tudor dynasty themed version of The Sound of Music, our lines are always open. I think that's all we've got this time. I, until I scavenged a huge chunk of your idea, I couldn't really nail down one because it felt like I would have to do a whole lot more research to get the Captain Planet Plantagenet thing to work. But people have eagerly thrown themselves at that one already. So that was an interesting one. It was very specific. Which sometimes works for us and sometimes doesn't. Indeed. 
I'll admit I gleefully avoided the whole Captain Planet cartoon thing by going with disparaging comment made about group of people as an approach or as an interpretation. Mm. There was a proto-suggestion from the aforementioned Gulo T, which had to do with, I'm hoping that I will get some cues as to whether I get things wrong, but it basically has to do with the color schemes in the War of the Roses, that you basically had the White Rose and the Red Rose, Red House of York, the White House of Lancaster, those two going at each other, becoming the War of the Roses, and eventually when it got settled, you get the red and white Tudor Rose. The suggestion being, if you went science fictional with it, what could you do with the setup of, you've got the red house, so some sort of red giant star, you've got the white house, a white dwarf, how might that work? You could set it in a binary system, or at least you know, a compound solar system where you've got two stars orbiting one another, they've got their own planets orbiting themselves, and this can be at a fair distance apart, like many light seconds. I play Elite Dangerous. It can be very annoying to arrive at a star which you discovered is surrounded by nothing but smuts and dust, and the interesting thing is to be orbiting its neighbouring star, which you can't arrive at, and you have to walk. Well, you have to do your, your frame shift drive and sort of poof all towards it at, you know, what is inconceivably fast, but takes, you know, like five minutes. So you could have these two civilizations, one under a, um, a white dwarf, one under the orbiting a, a red giant, and they may not have started out there. Maybe these are colonies or ecologies or something. But, you know, the hated enemy, you can see them, certainly in the night sky, but may maybe even the day sky, hovering over there, looking at you, judging, always judging. Always judging. There is a suggestion, because, I mean, this is going from memory, but if I remember correctly, is it Sirius, where you've basically got a white dwarf that is siphoning material off a red giant or supergiant? Oh yes, that always ends well. We've got the comment here of, try to keep the entire star system from going nova until the peace accords can be signed, will you, Captain? If this is deliberate, maybe getting these two stars or, or you know, doing something with these two stars in close proximity is a great way to generate a certain kind of energy or a certain kind of raw material. But if somebody is greedily allowing one star to siphon off more of the other than they should, things might get out of control and, you know, supernova. Etc. So it's resource management on a quite literally stellar scale. Yes. Otherwise, you know, you've got to imply that someone's got control over it. Otherwise, they've given you a mugs job and you're supposed to apparently hold a couple of stars apart. Okay, thinking about it, I know there is an outer space or at least a, a space travel supplement either in the works or out there for the Numenera setting. Ooh, okay. That would include crap like that. Yeah, so I'm imagining a circumstance where you have the group of people or things who are also people. <laughs> hey, I'm a thing. Orbiting the red giant star, you have the group of things who are also people orbiting the white dwarf you've got this power siphoning thing that as you say is actually being used for generating of truly astronomical amounts of energy yeah maybe kind of damn the plasma stream a bit and you know this works great provided you you, you don't overtax it too much you don't get too greedy but somebody's getting too greedy and so you've got people dealing with machinery that they don't even understand a suggestion here of some form of rare element 
actually, yeah, if you've got something that is reasonably easy to get out of stellar atmospheres, provided you can get it out of the stellar atmosphere, <laughs> pick out of the stream as it goes by, and somebody is getting a little bit greedy and is digging too deeply, as Gandalf put it. Mm. Yes, then you've potentially got Captain Plantagenet and the Plantageneteers. Come up with your own version of why they have that name a billion years in the future. Attempting to form some form of alliance between the red and the white. That's an interesting kickoff from, yeah, literally just going with the thematic, the sports team colours of those various sites. <sighs> Thank you, Dual OT. Never change. <laughs> so they comment, leading to the Battle of Bosworth Starfield. Nice. I like it. That one could work quite nicely as a, as a Numenera one, because you've got people dealing with gargantuan machinery that they don't necessarily understand. They may not even have the correct worldview to understand. Or at least they even know what it does, how it does it. No idea. Mm. All right. Well, do you think that's us? I'd say so. I think we've done enough injury and insult to history for today. That is true. Taz and Kitamono have abused history for their own ends. We're just kicking it around for the hell of it at this point. Indeed. Merry 2017, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope to see you next time. We'll see you next time. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!